Hello there and welcome to Beyond the Pulpit, a podcast of Doxadeo Meersdal. It's such an honor to have you joining us for the journey, and I hope that today's content will stir your faith and make you excited to go out and impact your world. Well, hello there and welcome to Beyond the Pulpit, uh, the podcast that speaks about everything happening at Oxford Mersdal in our evening services, which just went English. Uh, it's so exciting. We had our first English service this last Sunday, and we delved into a brand new sermon series called The Gospel, The Go Spill, a little play on words there. And we're talking about how the gospel is this thing that God gave us that sends us out to the world. Now, I want to give a quick sermon recap just to catch you up on, on it if you missed it. And then I'm going to dive into some practical points, some practical questions that you can dive into yourself. So this past Sunday, we dived into the meaning of the gospel. The gospel means good news. The Greek word for it is euangelion, uh, and it literally means somebody bringing good news or good news itself. In history, this word has been used many times. The first, one of the first times we see this word is with the, the history of, of Marathon. Marathon, the 42-kilometer running uh, competition that actually started with uh, a war between Persia and Greece. Persia was invading Greece. Uh, they were, Greece was vastly outnumbered, and wonder by wonder, Greece wins the war. After this, this victory, they send out heralds into the whole world, the whole Greek world, to proclaim the fact that they've won. These heralds were called evangelists. They were taking the gospel, the euangelion, the good news of the victory of Greece into the world. In the first century, a euangelion, a, a good news, a gospel, was a declaration of a new ruler. It was the good news of a new king who would come to power, a good news of a king bringing freedom to a people group. Interesting thing is when we look into the Bible history and we look into the person of Jesus, Jesus gets introduced by the Apostle Mark uh, as, uh, with the following words. In Mark 1 verse 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now Mark probably at one time heard a herald coming to his town when Caesar Augustus became the emperor. This was the message that went around. We have a written down form of this saying, the birthday of Augustus has been for the whole world the beginning of the gospel, the euangelion, the good news concerning him. Mark enters into this world and uses the exact same phrasing used of Caesar Augustus to say that Jesus has entered the world. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In keeping with the, the gospel transition, uh, tradition, Jesus is a coming new king with good news. Now, to understand this gospel, we said that we have to dive into the entire biblical story. I'm, now, if you really want to dive into this, go listen to the sermon. It's on YouTube, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it's pretty cool how we delve into that. But just to do a quick summary. In Genesis, God starts creating the world. He creates the world, and he calls it good. He creates man in his image, and he gives him one rule. Do not eat of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. How long does this good creation last? It lasts about three pages of the Bible. In Genesis 3, we see the serpent, this talking snake, into the story. And after he tempts the woman to eat of the fruit, he, he challenges her on, on who she is and what God really said. Humanity chooses to define good and evil for themselves. 
and they try to be more like God. Spiritual death occurs on that day. We said that on that day they didn't die immediately, but they started dying. They started experiencing morality for the very first time. They separated from God, and God makes a promise that day. He makes a, a promise to the snake. He makes a promise to Eve and to Adam. He says that one day he will send an offspring. There will be enmity, enmity between the snake and the offspring. And the offspring will crush the snake's head. But in that fatal moment, the snake will turn around and bite his heel. Then the story kicks off, we said, uh, into the, the, the family of, of Adam and Eve. And one character after the other we see fail to stand against the snake. Every character we come to, if it's Moses, Abraham, Joshua, all of these guys fail to live up to this promise of the offspring. None of them have the power to withstand the serpent. We read on and God starts giving the Israelites traditions and, 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 and sacrifices and stuff like this to give them a chance to have some semblance of relationship with him. But time after again, they fail to follow God. They fail to, to live in his way of life. They fail to stand against the power of the snake. And then, euangelion, good news, somebody is here. His name is Jesus. Jesus enters the scene, and one of the first things we see him do is go into the wilderness where he's tempted by the same snake. The snake uses the exact same uh, plan that he did in, in Genesis but Jesus prevails against him. Jesus, for the first time in 3,000 years, a human can stand against the power of the snake, against the temptation that the snake brings. We know the story. Jesus is, uh, is persecuted. He goes to the cross. He goes to a Roman torture device to hang there and die. He dies a physical death. And in that moment, a much bigger spiritual reality is happening. In that moment on the cross, the entire sin of the world is placed on Jesus. In that moment, the entire weight and effect of sin is placed on him, echoing what God did in the desert when he gave lamb sacrifice, ram sacrifice, to place the sins of Israel on this lamb, to kill the lamb, and therefore be free from sin. Jesus comes and he dies on the cross. Carrying our sin and our sin dies with him on the cross. And three days later, he rises victorious. You, Angelion, good news. That's what we said on Sunday. We said on Sunday that the influence of sin is broken. The effect of sin, the effect that Genesis 3 brought into the world is broken by the cross. This is the gospel. This is the good news, the you, Angelion. The good news is that you have a champion who fought and died for you. You have a champion who paid the price on your head. Let's quickly look and, and, and change gears to Paul's thoughts on this. He says in Romans 1 verse 15 and 16, he says, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, I want to end this session together with three very practical questions. These are questions for reflection, and as I'm going to talk, you're going to hear, we're going to play some music in the background. It's just to help your heart come into a space of submission to God, where He's able to, as a good surgeon, come and cut out some things in your heart, some things that He doesn't want there. Three questions for application. Number one, who in your life is in need of hearing this good news? 
Who is that person in your life who you know this person is broken, in need of healing, in need of a champion to come and fight their battles? Who in your life, if I can go even further, is a person who doesn't even realize how much they need to be saved? Who is that person? That's my first question. My second question is, what is your role in telling them the story? How are you supposed to be good news to them? How are you supposed to bring this euangelion, this gospel, into their lives? Now, next week, we're diving into the practical side of the gospel. We, we, we chatted about what God does and the power of the gospel. And, and the fact we, we said the one thing of this week is that you need to realize that the gospel has always been God's plan to save this world. That's the what, but the how is much more difficult. Next week, we're going to talk about how we get this, uh, this gospel to people. But I want you to, in this week, with question two, start thinking about how God wants you to behave when you're with this person. What are the questions that you're supposed to ask? Where are the places that you can start serving these people? That's question two. And question three, the final question. I want you to, in this moment, look into yourself and ask, is my heart breaking for the lost people of society? Am I saddened by the fact that there are people who do not know the joy I have in the Lord? Are there, am I saddened by the fact that people do not have a living relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus who paid the highest price for them? Am I sad when I think about the lost in my city? And in this moment where you're looking into yourself and asking yourself this question, I want to pray for you. You're welcome to wherever you are, if it's your couch, your conference room, or your car. I want you to close your eyes, except if you're in the car, don't do that. But I want you to just close your eyes, have a moment of vulnerability where it's just you and the Father, and I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that I can now in this moment just have a real moment of just prayer for whoever's listening at this moment. Father, I pray for every single person listening to this catch-up message of our sermon, Father, that they would have a heartbreaking experience come and convict us of the fact that we have a joy that we have to share father and i pray for each person that you would give them the wisdom and the knowledge on how to get this gospel to people around them people need this gospel so much lord and thank you for providing a lamb to die in our place thank you for sending an offering for the sin lord just like you did with abraham when he had to offer isaac lord you provided a ram for the sacrifice and thank you, God, that just like in Genesis 3, right after Adam and Eve had sinned, you killed an animal and put the skin of that animal on them to clothe them and to, to cover their sin, Lord. Thank you that, Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Help us now, God. Give us wisdom to go to our neighbors and preach this gospel to the nations. Thank you, God. I praise you. Amen. It's been so great to have you with me. Thank you that you gave me your time. We try and honor yours. I hope this has been practical. I hope this helps you take this gospel to new heights in your life. Start praying for people. Start bringing them to church. We're going to see the world change through this powerful gospel of God. See you next time.